Hi there. We welcome you to the Rush Hour Morning Show podcast. My name is Brian Rushing. The guy across the table's name is... Corky Franks. And check this out, Brian. I know everyone can't tune in Monday to Friday, 6 to 9 a.m. on WGNCRadio.com, 101.1 FM, or 1450 a.m. And that's why we have some great news for the listeners. That's right. You can now get our podcast on SoundCloud as well as Spotify and Apple Music. It's fantastic for you. We do the work. You get the enjoyment. So enjoy. Back here on the Rush Hour Morning Show on this Wednesday morning. Thank you so much for tuning in on AM 1450, 101.1 FM, WGNC. It is our pleasure to bring to you at this time defensive coordinator of the South Point High School Red Raiders, Mr. Brian Andrews. Welcome to the Rush Hour Morning Show. Hey, guys. How you doing? Thanks for having me on. I, I got you on Good grief, man. You see what he did to me, Coach? Had me muted already. I could barely hear. I was like, oh, great. This is going to be awesome. Uh, you're like, oh, this is going to be a disaster already. I, listen, uh, full, full disclosure, I told Brian before we came on, I was like, man, I've been around this dude a million times. I don't even know his name. I, <laughs> but listen, I, I call my kids nicknames, right? I mean, you know how it is, Coach. You, you don't know half your players' names, do you? They, they all have a nickname, right? I better, I better know them. Yeah, that hurt my feeling a little bit, no, my one feeling that I have. Well, well, good. If you only have one, you'll get over it quick, man. But you, I always call you exactly. I always call you Andrews or Coach Andrews. You know, hey, Justice or Hodge. You know, I have to think. Right. I have to think to come up with Hodge's name because, you know, I respect you always say Coach Hodge or Coach Andrews. So, as soon as he said, yeah. as soon as he said Brian Andrews, I had a flashback. So anyway, glad to be here, man. I got you. What I'm you, glad to be with y'all. Thank you. Hey, real quick, what you got going on at 830? I, I know we were going to have you on at 830, and uh, something about Frank Vickers, one of you guys from last year, he's signing to go play. Yeah. Somewhere. Frank, number nine for us, um, he is going to go to North Carolina Wesleyan. Okay. And um, he got all his stuff worked out, and uh, they came down. He went up there. Um, he's going to do a signing in the gym today and, and – like everything Coach Hyde does, it's going to be first class. They're going to have the the backdrop up there, and uh, Coach Hodge and myself and all the other coaches will be there, and uh, probably have a bunch of his friends there. And he'll do the uh, he'll do the official signing, and then get some pictures done, and then they'll mail off the letter of intent. You know, Brian and I have talked a lot on this show about it, how tough it is, and we've had several other high school football coaches on here. How tough it is to to find a place for these kids to play college football because I mean let's face it man especially in the you know Big South 3A it's a it's a dogfight every Friday night you're always game planning you spend 20 hours a day watching film and getting ready and it's 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 hard to find a place for everybody to go so how rewarding is it when these guys do end up you know putting the work in for 3 or 4 years and and get a chance to go play at the next level I think it's one of the craziest uh cycles if you will when you watch a kid go through it um you know we've had we've had every level here i mean we've obviously we've got sully going to notre dame which is you know crazy just absolutely he earned every bit of it and it's insane to see that process and um you know then you've got guys who are going to d2 schools you've got guys that are going to d3 schools and it's it's really rewarding 
for those kids because they see the hard work pays off. And, you know, the kind of the, I guess it's kind of a 20, a catch 22 here for a coach because you know, you don't get to coach him anymore, but you know, he's going to be doing good things when he leaves. So it's really rewarding for the coach on that end, even though, you know, you don't get to coach him. You, you get to see him go out and do something he loves to do on Saturdays. Uh, you know, honestly, Frank is number three of that secondary. I know that's probably going to surprise people when they say that that defensive coach didn't know what he was doing and we were giving up all those points. <laughs> but that he's one of three. Uh, Micah has already signed. Will has already signed. Now Frank uh, Jaquise has got something in the works. It could end up being that all four of them go somewhere, which is very exciting. Coach Brian Andrews. Defensive coordinator yes, of the sir. South Point High School Red Raiders on with us on the Rush Hour Morning Show. Now, Coach, now the upside of having these guys sign letters of intent is they get to continue on, play college football, grow and develop as young men, and, and carry on with life. The downside that you're left with, Coach, is, is, the, cupboard, is the cupboard empty? How, how do you refill all these spots that you've now got to cover considering that these guys are all going to play college football? Brian, I was having a really good morning until you asked that question. <laughs> can, you, can you go back to sleep, Coach? Uh, honestly, Brian, it's, it's, uh, it's funny that you bring that up because uh, the three guys that we just talked about and Jaquise being the fourth, if he signs, they were all sophomores when they started in that uh, COVID-shortened spring season. Um, I'll never forget rolling into Shelby. And those four guys uh, start the game um, and just next thing you know, triple zeros on the clock. We're, we're over there celebrating a win at Shelby um, in a season that was bizarre for everyone. And every one of those guys was a 10th grader. And so I can't help but kind of fall back into that mode like, yeah, we are starting over. And we only have a couple of guys that even played a little bit in that secondary last year coming back. We had to play a freshman, uh, Cam Crawford, number 20. He'll be back. We had to play a sophomore in some spots, Garrett Tidd. He'll be back. And then the rest of them, you're right. They're going to be newbies. And they're going to take their lumps. And, uh, you know, <laughs> we're going to be uh, going against some pretty good teams that can throw it a little bit. And uh, we're going to have to really accelerate. We're going to have to get good at what we do very quickly. Well, Coach, and, and following up, I mean, we we kind of joke about this, um, and, and certainly the joke re reached a new level this weekend when, when Belmont Optimist even got involved. I mean, basically, pretty much from the time, if you live in Belmont, when you come out of the womb, you begin to learn about the triple option offense. However, the defensive side of the ball – doesn't necessarily get the same acclaim, but it's every bit as important as the vaunted triple option offense. What are you able to do from year to year to try to tweak things based on your personnel that folks may not necessarily see that just spend time in the seats on Friday night? I mean, that's a good point. Uh, most people, you know, they're not, they're not going to ask for us to go into um, – a bunch of detail about our defense because that's not what brings people, I guess. And our offense has been doing what they do for a really long time, and, and that's why we're so good because of our offense. And our job is to get the ball back for them. You know, the best thing you can have as a defense is an offense that runs the freaking ball. 
and that's what we do. And so we know we're going to we're going to we know the offense is going to chew clock, all right. But we also know that it's our job to get turnovers, make tackles. So on the defensive side, some things that we might try to do is like, for example, in that spring twenty season, we kept it real simple. I mean, if I sat here and told you guys, and you're going to think I'm just doing coach talk, but I'm being for real. We went into that Shelby game. We might have played three coverages. We played cover three. We played a little bit of man free and played a little bit of uh, cover two on one side and some man concepts on the other. And that's it. That's all we did. You know why we did that? So those kids would not have to think. And that's one thing that we'll try to do. Scheming up is kind of a week-to-week thing, but we still have a system in place. I mean, Adam and I have been doing this for a long time together, and the two of us have sort of watched it evolve. And sometimes concepts that we did back in 2013 still work, and sometimes we have to tweak them a little bit. So, you know, for the average person who's in the stands, the the people who say that they understand – football and they know like oh that guy just got beat everybody knows in the secondary you got beat everybody in the stadium knows they don't necessarily know the defensive lineman didn't make his play the linebacker didn't make his play so we try to make all 11 guys not have to think and just know what their responsibilities are know how to get lined up and if you can do that we have kind of an 80 percent rule there's four things that don't take any ability um Number one, knowing how to line up. Number two, knowing who your read is. Number three, knowing what your first step is. And then number four, you know, getting ready before the snap. Everything's got to be in gear. You got to be ready to go. Those don't take any ability. So we try to preach that to those guys. And um, if you can get your stance right, if you can get your alignment right, you know who to look at, you know what your first step's going to be, then you, you should be able to be successful. And that's just your job to go execute. So we do try to keep it simple for them. And that's probably what's going to have to be the secret this year is, like, don't do something we can't do. Sure, everybody wants to be exotic and have all these blitzes and everything. Well, you got to make sure you can cover up everything if you're blitzing. So that's one way we would have to do it. Coach Brown was talking about everybody knows about the red bone and, and, you know, how sophisticated the defense can be or can't be, and you guys change it from week to week. We had Coach Dave Lubowitz on. That you know, he's the head coach of the East Lincoln Mustangs, the guys that you know beat you in the Western Conference Finals. We asked him this question. This was one of the first weeks we came on the air. We said, Coach, which team was the toughest team to face? Was it Northern Nash? Was it Kings Mountain? Was it South Point? I want you to hear what he had to say. You ready? I'm ready. Go ahead, Brian. Well, the thing that I think is funny about South Point is everybody talks about the red bone and how effective that is. But the thing that makes that red bone go is every year that defense is amazing at South Point. And that, that was the difference between South Point and I think uh, Kings Mountain and Northern Nash. South Point had an answer for everything we did offensively, whereas Northern Nash and Kings Mountain uh, were really those more high, high-powered offenses that you know we're going to try and score with us. South Point was – Coach, I know you guys didn't win the game, but, I, I mean, that, that's a pretty big deal – you you look at the talent. I mean, any one of those any one of those four teams we just named could have won the state championship at any time. You talk about a Kings Mountain team that was loaded. You, you talk about how great uh, East Lincoln were. They were explosive offensively. The Northern Nash team was really good. And who does he say has the best defense? It's your defense. I mean, that's got to make you feel good. I know you're losing a lot of guys. I don't know how much respect y'all have for each other as far as the coaching staff goes. But that's one thing that anybody that was a fan of the football team. Saw progress 
week after week after week, especially when you guys hit the playoffs. I mean, every week that defense got better and better and better. I know you beat yourself up when maybe you would gamble on a play and get beat or something like that. But, I mean, Coach, you had those guys dialed in last year. Couldn't have been any better, I don't think. Well, I appreciate that. And it's, uh, number one, it's a group effort, obviously. We got a bunch of guys who work really hard and um, making sure that they are not out schemed. And number two, I got a head coach who, even though he claims to be an offensive coach, I know deep down in his soul he's still a defensive coach. He just doesn't have a choice to be there. Um, So that's what I'm doing right now. And um, those guys – I can't say enough about those players, man. They gave us everything they had. And when we asked them for more, they gave us more. And you could see it in their eyes after the first two series. It was like they came over. And you know how, like, you know, when you say someone's invested, you kind of see their behaviors and you know they're in. And uh, I was standing there and I did one little thing. And I might have, I might have yelled, I might not have yelled. I don't honestly remember. There was so much going on right there in that first two series, and I just remember looking at the guys, and I could hear several of them saying, "Okay, first of all, that quarterback ain't getting any more yards scrambling out of there. We gotta, we gotta take care of that. Second of all, everybody get your man. You know, so these kids are talking to each other now about what they know they need to do, and they won't have to worry about giving up another touchdown. And I mean, from that moment on. It was pretty much whatever we were doing, we were locked in, and we were going after it 110. You know, at the end of the night, it wasn't our night, but, you know, when you do the when you do the best you can and you still get beat, you got to tip your hat. And, uh, and I did that. I did not get to speak to Coach Leibowitz at the Shrine Bowl, but I did get to speak to Coach Beam. And um, I was – sort of surprised at how generous he was with his compliment about our guys and um, just in general about the whole team. I mean, every football coach knows if they're getting ready to play us that we're going to come hit you in the mouth. We're going to run the ball right at you. And it's nice to hear that, you know, the defense gets that bit of recognition, but it's, you know, it's everything. It's the kicking game. It's the offense. It's the special teams. It's the players. It's the coaches. It's all of us together. And, we do spend a lot of time on this stuff, so it is it is nice to hear people take appreciation of that. You know, that, that was a dang good football team East Lincoln had. That was a dang good football team. And I guess nobody wants to say it, but if you're going to lose to somebody, you might as well be the eventual state champion. So that was a heck of a football game. Obviously a lot of emotion at the end of that game. Um, it was just kind of indescribable to see that number of people spread throughout that stadium. I mean, you guys remember how crowded it was and how the parking situation was. I mean, how many I thought the fire police were cars gonna, were there. It was I thought, crazy. I thought that place was going to get shut down with so many people. Coach Brian I don't Andrews. Think that, I'm, I'm sorry, Coach. Coach. You're fine. Go ahead. Coach Brian Andrews here with us on the Rush Hour Morning Show. Coach, let me, let me ask you this. I, I've heard about this, and, and I, I'd really like for you to sort of clarify this to be the case or not. It, it's up to you. But I hear about when it comes to football players, you've got offensive guys. You even alluded to it with Coach Hodge. You've got offensive guys, and you've got defensive guys. Is there something truly different about the mentality of somebody on the defensive side of the ball versus somebody on the offensive side of the ball? Yeah, Brian, there really, I think there really is. I mean, to me, you got to be a little nasty to play defense. 
And I'm not saying that offense. I mean, Adam Hodge's offensive lineman, Coach Lineberger's offensive lineman, Coach Langfield's offensive lineman, they're going to be nasty too. But it's a different type of nasty. You know what I'm saying? Like, they all have to know their play. They have to know the cadence. They have to know where to go. And they have to execute at a high level and all that. And we have to know our plays, but we have to be what, if you want to say it this way, we have to be reactionary. I mean, some guys will say, oh, no, we attack. Well, you still got to be able to defeat whatever it is they're doing. So recognition is very important. And then you got to have people that are going to run to the football. And then when they get there, they got to have an agenda that's not very nice. And it's to me, there is a difference. And you can see it sometimes when you watch players at certain positions, like, for example, offensive linemen versus defensive linemen. Defensive linemen can get away with it every once in a while, just pinning their ears back and trying to blow a gap. Offensive linemen can't just, you know, I'm going to fire off and see what happens. They, they can't do that. Those five guys have to be in unison, and, and you could argue that a defensive player could come across, and I'm not saying that's what makes them different. I'm just saying that's an example. Uh, there is definitely, in my opinion, it's almost like that you can't put your finger on what it is exactly, but you kind of know when you see a guy, you know, that is definitely a defensive player. He can run, he can freaking hit, and he's, you know, everybody makes the joke. Sometimes they don't have the best ball skills like the offensive players do, but every once in a while you'll find one that he can do all of it. He can hit, he can run, and he can catch, and that's that's a pretty bad combination when you're on defense because you, you're going to get things done. So I, I think you're right. I think there definitely is a difference between offensive players and defensive players. Coach, before we let you go, I have to ask, how was the date last night? I know you had a hot date, right? It was the night before. Okay. But, yeah, it was good. Went and saw that Creed movie, uh, Creed 3, I believe it was. Was it good? Is it worth going? I Yeah, I would have to give it the old, uh, you know, five stars or the, the one thumb up or whatever you call it. I yeah. can't do two, so I'll give you one. <laughs> um, so I'll give you that. And uh, I figured uh, you could explain that to anyone if you want to after we're off the air, yeah. but not right now. Um, I thought it was good, man. I, I don't know if you all realize this, but uh, that Joker directed that movie. He was starring in it, and he directed it. As far as I know, that's his first one. I love movies, so we don't need to talk for 30 minutes about movies. But, yeah, I would I would definitely recommend it. Uh, if anyone liked those, those uh, series of movies, that's pretty freaking good. And they, I guess they purposely didn't put Stallone in it, but he produced it. So there you go. Hey, Brian, uh, Brian Rushing, that is. I hate that he told me that. Now I'm, ha- I'm going to start calling. You may call you Andrews or Coach Andrews or Brian from now on. Just stick with what I've been doing. Seems to be working. You can call me. I, listen, I tell the kids to call me Coach Andrews, even in the classroom, because coaching is teaching and teaching is coaching. So I don't see a difference. Hey, before. Um, but- I said, what you, I said, Coach, what are you doing? When we talked the other night, I said, Coach, what are you doing? He said, hold on, hold on one second. Hold on one second. He said, I'll take the fajita trio. I said, oh, man. Amy, I said, Amy and I love Mexican, Coach. We go to Ray Azteca. We go to Taxco. We got all these little places. If you're at a new place, tell me about it. He said, well, it's not really a, a, a Mexican place. It's this place called Chili's. Yeah. Yeah, Brian, that's true. That's where we were. Oh, man. Coach, that's okay. Coach, I need to take you down to Ray Azteca, one of these hole-in-the-ball places I go to. You'll love it. Yeah, they got trios There's down there, too. There's a few we too. go to, but – yeah, we got we got a few that we go to, but that just happened to be the closest one. And happy wife, happy life. No doubt. That's why we're hey. That's why we're never happy. I said it. <laughs> <laughs> 
Coach Brian Andrews of the South Point Red Raiders. Coach, we thank you so much for your time this morning. We hope you have a fantastic week. Best of luck with that signing coming up later on this morning. We'll catch you next time on the Rush Hour Morning Show. Thanks, guys. Appreciate y'all. See you, Coach. Folks, when we come back, we'll put a bow on hour number two and prepare for Scott Taylor to talk about his Myers Park Mustangs state championship as we continue on the Rush Hour Morning Show. We'll be right back. We thank you for tuning in to this Rush Hour Morning Show podcast. Don't forget you can find us Monday through Friday from 6 to 9 a.m. on WGNC AM 1450, 101.1 FM. You can even stream the show on WGNCRadio.com. Until we're back with you with the next podcast, enjoy your day. We'll see you next time.